That's so good. I said, uh, Pastor Ken, just keep going. Give the message here. <laughs> that was really encouraging. Um, yeah, he, he shared a little bit, actually, of what I wanted to share with before we uh, go back into our series that we started last week. And that was kind of addressing just the situation that we're in right now. And I think there's no way around it. We don't want to, like, be blind to the things that are happening. And even this past week, um, within the span of maybe, like, five days, I had eight different people contact me saying that they had either tested positive or someone in their family had tested positive. And so even for me, like, so many at one time, and several of them I'm actually very close to. And so I had to just wrestle again. And I feel like... It's not the first time throughout the past two years that we've done that, um, but it was a wrestling again, like just asking the Lord to just kind of reframe myself, to reset, center myself, and to get back to what he's been teaching us for the past two years. And I think that's important. The Lord has been teaching us a lot of things about how to approach things and how to not want to live out of fear and to not let fear drive us and the fear of the unknown, the fear of the uncertainty, to not let those things drive our decisions, drive our perspective. And so I had to practice. I had to practice that this week. Is hearing all of those different things going to make me fearful so that I can't go out, I can't do things, I'm handicapped, I'm going to be like a prisoner and I had to say, no, I can't let that be the case. You know, so every person is different. Every person is in a different situation. Every person has different health concerns. If you're in a different situation, you need to be wise. You need to be discerning about that. And it's not to check in our brains at the door and say, like, we're not going to think. We're just going to go with reckless abandon. But it's to really be thoughtful and to really use wisdom, to use godly wisdom, and to go where he says, this is where you should be. And so I did want to share that, and I thought the same thing as Pastor Ken. I really appreciate all of us here. And even those that are watching online, too, I appreciate you watching online. That's important. You need to stay connected. You need to be a part of what God is doing more than ever. More than ever, we need the Lord. We need him. So I just want to give you that encouragement to, to keep on doing that. Well, uh, last week, we started a new series uh, called All Things New, and uh, we're going to continue that today. So today, we're going to look at taking out the trash, okay, taking out the trash. Okay, so we're going to look at a passage in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 to 24. Okay, it says, but you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to the, your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. And you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Okay, so when you look at this passage, there's two parts, right? There's this is not what you learned about when you received Christ. He says, you need to lay aside the old self. And then in verse 24, he says, you need to put on the new self. The new self that was created to be like God, created in righteousness and holiness. That's who you really are in Christ now. But there's a verse in between. Verse 23, I believe, is the way we can do that. Okay, so verse 22 said, we need to get rid of the old we need to get rid of the old way. We need to get rid of the old self and all of those things. And then we need to put on the new self. 
But what's in between is telling us how to do that. Verse 23 says, you need to renew the spirit of your mind. You need to renew your mind. The, the same word here uh, in Ephesians 4.23 is the same word that Paul uses in Romans 12. Romans 12.2 when it says, be not conformed to the patterns, pattern of this world, but renew your mind. Have a renewal of your mind. And what this idea is, you need to change your thinking. You need to change your thinking. And I think that a lot of things have really come up this past two years to really emphasize this truth, is we need to change our thinking. Some of the thinking has developed over the past two years. Some of the thinking we've held on for decades, for almost all our life, we've had a certain way of thinking. And I think to really experience the new life, we need to have a new way of thinking. You know, in the Bible, there's a word for this, this idea of changing your thinking. Do you know what it is? It's called repentance. Repentance means changing your mind, changing your thinking. If we look here in, um, actually we don't have it up here, but when we look at the Greek word, it's called metanoia. Metanoia is the word that's translated repentance. So when you see repentance in the Bible, it's the word metanoia. What does metanoia mean? That's what I said. Change your mind. You need to change your mind or change your purpose. Okay, that's what metanoia means. And repentance is actually a really important part of the Bible. Okay, so when you think about Jesus' ministry, and even before Jesus' ministry is like you look at John the Baptist. John the Baptist was like the forerunner who prepared the way for Jesus to come. Okay, so how did he prepare the way for Jesus? Let's look at that in Matthew 3. It says, now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying... Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, so John's main goal, his main ministry was not for himself. His main ministry was to prepare the way for Jesus to come. And how did he do that? This is the message he preached. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You look at Jesus. When he started his ministry, right after he gets baptized by John the Baptist, he starts his ministry. What does he say? Matthew 4, 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, when you look at this, this is how Jesus began his ministry. He began his ministry by saying this, you need to repent. But not just that you need to repent. You need to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is present, is in your midst. So to me, when I look at this, we have to look at this with a new lens. We have to look at this and see that repentance is a way to experience the kingdom. This is a way to enter into God's kingdom. This is the way, this is our entrance into experiencing all that God has for us in his kingdom. All the things that are available for us in the kingdom of heaven comes through repentance. That's where we see in John's message. That's what we see in Jesus' message. Repent. Why do you want to repent? Because God's kingdom is here in your midst, coming through me. If you want to experience it, all you have to do is change your thinking. All you have to do is repent. You need to have a change of mind. And I don't know about you, but this is not how I viewed repentance my whole Christian life. Okay, so especially if you've grown up in the church, I'm sure you've heard about repentance a lot. 
I grew up in church. I heard repentance a lot. Okay, a lot about repentance. And oftentimes, what are the feelings you have when you hear about repentance? Okay, if you're like me, I feel guilt. I feel condemnation. I feel shame. I feel all of those different kind of feelings and emotions when I think about repentance. If you've grown up in the church, you're probably similar to me. You probably have those same type of things. And when I thought about repentance, and I talk about this actually when I do my Be Free class, uh, when we talk about these different ideas, is repentance is like medicine, right? It's something that you know you need, but you don't look forward to it, right? And that's kind of the way I describe it. It's like when you take a spoon of medicine, it tastes really bad, right? And you don't want to actively wipe... I don't, I don't feel like, oh, I want something really good right now. I think I want to take some cold medicine, right? I want to dig up a big spoon of cold medicine because it tastes so good. It's not like that. It's like, I know I need it. If I want to get better, I know I need to take this medicine. Do I like it? I don't like it. I don't like the way it tastes. I don't like the way it goes down. I don't like those different things, but I know I need it. And honestly, that's how I viewed repentance. Repentance, it was like medicine to me. Like, I know I need it. If I know if I want to get better, if I want to live a holy life, I know I need it. But I don't like it. In all my experience of repentance, it was not something positive. It's not something that I felt like, wow, that was really great. I really love that time of repentance. That was so amazing, right? It's something that I really love and I want to seek after all, all, every day. It wasn't like that. But then... God started speaking to me and changing my mind about repentance. He was having me repent about repentance. He was having me change my mind about what I think about in terms of repentance. And repentance, in one way, is what we see here in Matthew 3 and Matthew uh, 4 in John's message and Jesus' message. Repentance is an opportunity to enter into God's kingdom. Repentance is an opportunity to receive from the Lord. Repentance is an opportunity for us to change and experience something different. And that message to me is very relevant for right now. Because I was getting very frustrated to the beginning of this new year. You know, we felt like the 2021 was ending and I was really excited for 2022 coming. And I was saying, it's going to be a great new year. And then... You know, news after news after news after news about the Omicron, about all these cases like doubling and all these different things happening. And, you know, like I shared, it was discouraging. You know, it was discouraging. And I felt like the Lord saying, um, why is this happening? You know, I felt like we were finished with this. And so I was asking the Lord and praying, why is this still going on? You know, it's been going on, you know, coming on two years. In March, it'll be two years, right? Why is it still happening? You know, when are we going to be done with this? You know, and so I was kind of like complaining to the Lord, right? And then the Lord said to me is, and we've talked about this before, is this is an opportunity for you to really change. This is an opportunity for the church to change. This is an opportunity for the world to change. And we talked about before that no time in history have we had something where everybody in the entire world is experiencing the same thing. Never. We've never had that. Yet this is the time in history where everybody in the whole entire world is experiencing the same thing. And we talked about why is that? Why is all this happening to everyone? 
And the common things that I really felt from the Lord was like, this is a time for us to reset. This is a time to get back to our priorities. This is a time for us to really examine what's happening, getting stirred inside. This is a time for all of those different things. And what the Lord said, told me was, you're not done yet. You haven't really taken advantage of this opportunity. And I hate to put like coronavirus as an opportunity, but really it is. It's an open window for us to really engage the Lord. It's an open window to partner together with what he's doing. This is what he's doing. And if we want to have our experience be better when we're going through it, we need to see what he's doing and partner together with him. And what he was telling me related today was, part of that is changing your mind. We need to change our thinking. If we want to experience something different, we can't do the same thing. Does that make sense? Right? That's a common thing when we talk about the definition of insanity. The definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. That's the definition of insanity. And I feel like a lot of us are going insane right now, right? We're doing the same thing over and over and over again, and we wanted some a different result. If you want a different result, you have to do something different. If you want to live a life and experience a life that's been different from how the past two years have been, you have to do something different. If you just do the same thing that you've been doing, you're going to expect the same result. If we want a step into a new life, we want to experience the kingdom of heaven here on earth. If we want to experience something different, we need to change our mind. We need to change our thinking. We need to change our actions. We need to change our responses. We need to change. If we want something different, we have to be more willing to change. Now, some people like change. Some people hate change, right? I personally, I like change. I like when doing something new. I don't like the same thing over and over again. I like going new places. I like traveling. I like trying new food. I like, I've never tried this before. Oh, let's go try this. Like, it's something new. I like new things. Other people, I know, they don't like change. You know, my dad, I've shared about him. He was like a creature of habit. He doesn't like change. He wears the same blue pants and same blue button-down shirt for Ever, for as long as I've known him, he's wore the same thing. You look in his closet, all the same. Every single thing. You know, his same shoes. When that shoe wears out, he buys the same shoe again. You know, he doesn't want to change anything. He doesn't like change. So I don't know where you are in that spectrum. If you're like more like my dad or more like me. But wherever you are, I'm, I think God is asking you, you need to be more open. Whether that's your strength, and the Lord said, step into your strength. If you like change, step into your strength. Step into your strength and ask the Lord how to do things differently. How to change. How to change your perspective. How to change your daily routine. How to change the way you do work. How to change the way you do a relationship. How to change how you connect with the God. How do you change how all of these different things? Ask the Lord about that. If you're on the other side of the spectrum... You need to ask the Lord to address your fear. A lot of a resistance to change is because of fear. Because we feel comfortable with the way that currently is the known. And we're afraid of the unknown. If I change something, then what's going to happen? Is bad things going to happen? Are things going to fall apart? You know, and we're afraid of that. And I think the Lord needs to address 
our fear. Like, are there things that you're fearful of letting go? Are there things that you're fearful of, like you don't want to change it because you're afraid something bad's going to happen? But I think that that's where we need to come and have this idea of repentance. We need to engage it and say, we need to change our mind. And really, we want to change our mind because we want something better. We want to experience something better than what we're currently experiencing. And in order to do that, we need repentance. We need to ask God come in and to show the things that are not aligned with him. Show the things that we're doing that he wants us to move away from and to go and to experience something new, but we haven't been doing it. We haven't been listening. We've been hearing God's prompting and we've been afraid or we've been uh, distracted or we've had other things happen, but we haven't been able to do that, to respond. We need a time of repentance. And to start that, we need to change our mind about what repentance is. I call this message taking out the trash because that's the way I view kind of repentance is like trash. It's like stuff that you don't want. You want to throw it away. You don't want to have it. You don't want to hold on to it. There's some things you want to hold on to. There's some things that you have precious to you, whether it's your, your phone or other uh, things that you have, like pictures or whatever, they're important to you. You want to hold on to it. You want to treasure those things. You don't want to lose them. Uh, sin and repentance is not like that. You don't want that. You don't want to hold on to that, right? And so repentance to me is like taking out the trash. Let me give you an example. So... Um, it started actually last summer. Okay, last summer, uh, I don't know why, maybe it was happening other years, but I was particularly bothered because a lot of flies were getting in my house. Okay, so it was really hot, and so whenever I opened up the garage, flies would come in. Whenever I opened the back door, flies would come in, and, you know, it's just, I can't stand it. Like, I have to get them out, right? And so funny, my, my kids and my wife would laugh at me, right? So a fly would come onto something, and then I'd pick it up, and slowly move it to the door and open up the door and then brush them out, right? Or, I don't know if you think I'm cruel, or I try to kill it, right? So those are my two methods, right? But I had to get rid of them, right? They were really bothering me. And then when the weather started cooling down, they were gone. But then some more flies started coming in, okay? But they were different flies, okay? So let me give you, oh, let me give you a picture. It was these. Have you seen these flies? Okay, actually, I didn't know what kind of flies these were. Uh, they're called drain flies, okay? I had never heard that name. I've seen these, but I didn't know that, that that was the type of fly. These are called drain flies. They're not like regular flies, okay? Uh, they're very slow, very easy to kill, right? You know, flies, they're hard to kill, right? They're like jump around, move like, these are not like that. Very easy. And um, I thought, I don't know why, but I thought, and I, it got confirmed, they don't live very long. Okay, they live very short. Their, their lifespan is very short. And so when I started seeing these, it didn't bother me as much as the other flies, right? Because the other flies last longer, they're buzzing, they're hard to kind of get rid of. These are like easy, right? I'm like, okay, no problem. So a few months ago, like I saw these flies kind of pop up. I see them here in the house, there in the house, and then it's no big deal, right? Then week after week after week after week pass, and I'm like, how come they're not gone? Like, where is this coming from? Like, why do I have so many of these flies in my house? 
right? And so, like, I'm searching everywhere. Did we, like, leave some food out somewhere that we didn't know about? Is it, like, in the kids' room, in their closet? Like, where, where are all these flies coming from, right? And so I was searching and searching, and I couldn't find it. I didn't know where it was coming from. So for the past, I don't know how many weeks, every day, almost every day, I would see one, two, three of these flies, okay? Then something happened this morning. It actually happened this morning uh, before I came to church. Um, the Lord kind of like, I think it was the Lord, kind of put this on my mind to go find something. And this thing was actually underneath our kitchen sink. So we have like a big cabinet underneath our kitchen sink, right? And so I thought, oh, I think this thing that I'm looking for is under the sink. Okay, so I go underneath the sink, and then I'm like, we ha it's like packed in there. It's got so much stuff. It's got like all these like plastic bags, and it's got like uh, all these cleaners and trash bag, and it's like a little storage area. It's like packed, and I'm like, it's got to be in here somewhere, right? So, like, I start taking things out. Take all these bags out, take out the trash bags, take this out, take this out. And then, uh, after I took some of these things out, I saw this bucket, okay? I saw this bucket in our sink. This, here's a picture of the bucket, okay? This bucket was filled with, this is water, okay? This black thing that you see in there is water, Okay, we had a slow leak in the pipes underneath our sink, and it was accumulating in this bucket. Okay, this bucket was like a storage where we hold, held different things. In fact, you couldn't even see those things. It was like underneath all of this black crud stuff that's supposed to be water, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, this is where all the flies were coming from. In fact, when as soon as I moved more stuff, there was tons of flies like on the back of the wall that I could never see because it was full of stuff. All these little flies, all of these little guys, there must have been like 20 of them all on the outside. And I literally, I almost threw up, right? I literally almost threw up when I saw this and then I was trying to get it out. I was trying to get it out from underneath the pipe and all the water spilt out and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so disgusting. I was like, what is this water? I don't know what chemical reaction has happened over this time. And what has this actually turned into? But it's so disgusting. It smells so bad. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, how long has this been under here? No wonder we have all these flies. And it's interesting because I think I had smelled something like this before. But I thought it was the trash can because our, our trash is, we have like a little compartment bin right next to the sink. So I thought it was a trash can. So I kept on changing the trash bag, right? And I kept saying, why is the smell so here? Like I keep taking the trash out every day. Like it shouldn't be this stinky, right? And I could not for the life of me figure out what the problem was until I saw this. And I said, this is the problem. I've been having this I don't even know what to call it, like this gunk, all of this gunk in this thing underneath my sink for all of these weeks. And then your mind just starts rolling, like, do we have mold or do we have other things? Like, how could we have lived for all, with all this time, with all of this stuff like happening there? And that's why all these flies are happening and all of these things that we have to deal with and the smell and everything like that. And the Lord told me, this is sin. This is unaddressed sin in your life. This is what happens 
And he's saying, we have this underneath our sink. And he said, why do you want it there? Why do you want this underneath your sink? You don't want that. You don't want that. Get rid of that. Turn away from that. Cast, get it out. Change your mind about those things. You need to repent. You need to have a change of mind. You need to take out the trash. You don't want this. And like I said, I think we know in our mind we don't want sin. None of us say like, oh, I want sin. If you're truly a Christian, you're not going to say that. I really want sin. I like sin. I like having sin in my life. I like having this in, underneath my spiritual sink. I like that. No one's going to say that. So we, in our mind, we know we don't want that. But yet, what stops us from taking out the trash? What stops us from having repentance? What stops from doing this every day? You know, when I thought the smell was coming from the trash, I started taking it out every day. Every day I would start taking out the trash when I thought that was the source. Because I don't want that in my house. Right? It's stinky. It's smelly. It's, like, disgusting. It produces flies. All these things are coming out. Like, this is not a way to live. This is not how God wants us to experience life. So he says, I've given you away. All you have to do is repent. All you have to do is change your mind. Change your mind about these things that you are doing. Say, I don't want to do those anymore. And that's really all repentance is. Saying, I don't want that. Repentance is like taking out the trash and recognizing, I don't want that. I want to turn away from that. And again, I know this is kind of simplifying things because I think like me, like I shared in the beginning, we have things underneath my kitchen sink so I can get rid of it. I don't want that. And this is repenting than the actual repenting. Because the actual repenting and, and turning away from sin and doing all those things, those are things that we actually want to do. But it's because of our past experience of how we experience repentance or how, what we've been thinking about it that prevents us from actually wanting to doing it. Right? And so let's look at some verses to help us with that. First one is in Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul makes it clear. If you're in Christ Jesus, that there's no condemnation for you. So when we go with repentance and we feel condemned, that's not coming from the Lord. That's coming from ourselves or that's coming from other people. That's not coming from the Lord. Romans 8.1 makes that clear. When you're in Christ, there's no condemnation for you. Because Jesus took all of it on himself. Therefore, there's none for us to bear. So if we're going to bear it, it's, we're going to have to just redo what, what uh, God already did through Christ. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let's look at this in Hebrews 10.22. 10.22 says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. This is what happens when we have friends. God is removing the guilty conscience. He's removing it. So if we have repentance and the end result of repentance is we have guilt, then we haven't experienced true repentance. Because true repentance, this is the result. Is that you're cleansed from a guilty conscience and that you're washed clean. It's like when, we, when I took out that bucket of dirty water and I wiped it all down, it felt so much better. It felt so much better, so much more clean. 
This is the way you're supposed to feel after repentance. You're supposed to feel free. You're supposed to feel clean. You're not supposed to feel guilty. In fact, that's the whole purpose of it, to be washed clean from that. You're not supposed to carry that. We're not supposed to have condemnation. We're not supposed to have a guilty conscience. Hebrews 12, 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him endure the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That word, scorning the shame, has the idea of defeating it. He defeated shame at the cross. He defeated shame at the cross. All the shame that is associated with sin. All the shame that's associated with all those words that you said, actions you choose, things that you've done, things that you've thought. All the shame associated with that, Jesus took care of for us on the cross. So the question is, if we still feel shame when we come to repentance, where is that coming from? Is that coming from God? Hebrews 12.2 says it plainly. Jesus finished that. He overcame that. He defeated the shame associated with sin when he died on the cross. When we come to repentance, there's no condemnation. When we come to repentance, there's no guilt. When we come to repentance, there's no shame. Because Jesus took those things upon himself. He took those things upon himself. So when we take them, basically what we're saying to Jesus is, I know you did it, but I feel like I have to do it again anyway. That's basically, in a sense, what we're doing. When we come to repentance and we bring those different things, we're basically telling God, Jesus took care of all of that on the cross, but maybe we didn't realize that. So then that's kind of a new revelation for us today. But now that we know, when we do do that, this is what we're saying. God, you took care of it already. But for some reason, I feel like I need to do it again anyway. When Jesus on the cross, he said, it is finished. That's one of the words he said on the cross. It is finished. It's finished. We don't have to deal with sin in that way. Jesus and God took care of sin in our life. All we have to do is to receive the blessing from that. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to get rid of that. I feel so blessed that the Lord spoke to me to look underneath my kitchen sink this morning. I can't tell you how relieved I was. That could have been sitting there longer. And I don't know what would have happened if it kept on sitting there. I mean, that black liquid could have turned solid. I don't know what would have happened, right? I'm so grateful. This is how we're supposed to experience repentance. You're supposed to feel grateful. You're supposed to love repentance. Repentance is a gift for you. Repentance is something that God gave you as a gift. It's something you to receive. Repentance is for us to experience more of who God is and experience his kingdom. We need to have repentance. You need to have this where you want this all the time. I do this all the time. I, I do repentance all the time. Almost every single day, I have time of repentance. And before, it was time where I would try to avoid it, like I said, like medicine. Now it's not like that. I readily want to do that because why would I want this in my life? I don't want this in my life. God, show me those things underneath my kitchen sink so I can get rid of it. I don't want that. And this is what we need to declare. And so what I want to do is I want to do a kind of repentance challenge for you, okay? This repentance challenge for every day for the rest of January, 
I want you to repent every day. Every day in the morning, I want you to start out and ask, Lord, bring to mind anything that's underneath my kitchen sink, anything you want me to get rid of, any sin I have, anything that I've thought of, anything that I spoke, anything that I've chosen, anything I looked at, anything that I heard, any way that I've reacted, any way that I was angry, any way that I was impatient, any sin in my life, anything, really? And so when I do my times of repentance, a lot of times I'll know right away, <laughs> right? God brings to mind right away. If I don't have something come right away, I pray this prayer, which I would have never prayed before. Reveal it. Show me something. Show me something that doesn't even come to mind. And whenever I pray that prayer, he does. He shows me something. I've never prayed that prayer and nothing happened. He always shows me something. But we need to get past our past experience with repentance. It's not a time to self-condemn yourself. It's not a time to feel bad about yourself. It's not a time to shame yourself. It's not a time to feel condemnation or guilty. It's not a time to beat yourself up. That's not a time for re biblical repentance. Biblical repentance is to experience the blessing of what Jesus did on the cross. That's biblical repentance. Biblical repentance is experiencing the joy, the privilege, the the. A tremendous amount of fruit that comes from what he did on the cross for us. We don't have to do that. We can't do that. You know? So if we feel like all those times of repentance weren't fruitful, it's because we were trying to do that. It's not our job. It's not our job to condemn, to take shame, to overcome guilt, to overcome all those things. That was God's job, and he did it through Jesus. That's not our job. Our job is to receive the fruit. Receive the grace, receive the forgiveness, to receive everything he brings, to bring a change of mind. So in this year of 2022, as we start this new year, if you want a new year, if you want a new beginning, if you want to experience something new, we got to do something different. And it starts with repentance. God, bring to mind everything that's not good, everything that you don't want everything that's producing those, those drain flies in our life, show me. I don't want to keep having that. Show me and reveal that to me. So why don't we pray? So thank you, Lord. God, this just highlights even more just how wonderful you are, Jesus. Just how wonderful the cross is. Just how amazing the gift you've given us in dying for our sin. You took care of all of those things for us so we didn't have to. We don't have to carry the shame. We don't have to carry the condemnation. We don't have to carry the guilt because you did that for us. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would remind us of that truth. Help us to give us courage, courage to handle sin and to confront it head on and say, you dealt with that. I don't have to deal with that. I want to get rid of that out of my life. I don't want any more of that in my life. So we can experience more of the freedom and the life and the joy that you have for us because of Jesus. So, Lord, this week and for the rest of this month, every day, help us to ask that question. Lord, show me what doesn't belong. Show me what you want me to change my mind about. Show me how you want me to repent. And then just receive. Help us to receive that. We need your grace in order to receive your grace. So help us to receive that each and every day this month. 
And I'm confident, Lord, that as we do, we'll be transformed. We'll start experiencing a new life and a new way in this new year. Thank you that you make it all possible. In Jesus' name, amen.